This Advent season, we've been looking at a sermon series that we've called uh, The Long Wait, and we've looked at the theme of waiting that's really uh, all over the scriptures. Uh, We started by reflecting on Adam and Eve and, of course, their uh, first sin in the Garden of Eden, but we reflected on the fact that, that even in that sin, God promised that at one point, He would come and fix everything that's gone wrong in the world. But what we've also considered is how that wait for God's rescue that started with Adam and Eve was a really long wait. It was thousands upon thousands of years. And so God's people had a job, and that job was to wait. They were called by faith to wait patiently for the coming of the Lord. And all throughout, what we've seen is even though that wait sometimes is really long, God always meets us within the wait. His presence is always there, renewing our strength for that long wait. But what we've also seen is that God always still keeps His promises. And at Christmas, we see that that wait, that long wait, is finally over. I know there's a lot of kids here that are uh, here tonight or watching on the live stream that are pretty excited for tomorrow morning. They are uh, full of anticipation, full of energy. I remember back to when I was a kid, I vividly remember sitting at the top of the stairs. We've had a, we had a couple layers to our house and, and sitting at the top of the stairs on Christmas morning, uh, waiting uh, the whole several week after week of waiting had all come down to this moment because I knew that just down the stairs, those presents uh, were there and waiting to be opened. So I would sit at the top of the steps and, and wait for the all clear. And then when I got the all clear, it was like a dam of energy burst everywhere and I flew down the stairs so excited for everything on Christmas morning because the wait was finally over. That's the sense I get when I come to our passage that we're going to be reading tonight and that is the passage of the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2 verses 1 to 21. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great Fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you that you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. 
When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. This is God's Word. This past week, uh, I took two of my kids uh, uh, over to the central section of Gunpowder State Park, and uh, we hiked for the day, and, and it was still snowy at that point, so it was really beautiful. Uh, but this spot is uh, very special to our family, and every time we hike there, we hike there and we call it the pregnancy hike. Now, that might seem really weird to you. Why would we call that the pregnancy hike? But of course, there's a story that goes to with it. And that was five years ago, we were expecting our, our, our youngest child, and uh, she didn't want to come out. She wanted to stay uh, in her mother's womb for a little while, and so we thought, how can we coax this baby to come out? And we said, well, let's go hiking as a family. So that's exactly what we did. We went hiking at this specific uh, trail, and we hiked, we adventured, we climbed all day, and uh, every time we go back to that spot, we discuss it, we remember it, and we remember the expectation that came from an impending birth. I think that's really what the Christmas story is all about. And as we come to Christmas each year, that's what we do. We remember the wait. We remember the anticipation. We remember the expectancy. But we also remember that that wait came to an end. It came to an end when Jesus was born to Mary and Joseph. It reminds us of that good old saying that, uh, that good things come to those who wait. Uh, but what the Christmas story reminds us is this, that God comes to those who wait. God comes to those who wait. Of course, he promised that he, had, he would come. He promised that to Adam and Eve, but they would have to wait. Uh, other heroes of the scriptures would have to wait as well. Abraham and Sarah would have to wait. Hannah and Samuel had to wait. David and Solomon had to wait. Ezekiel and all the prophets, they all had to wait for this coming Savior. And then we come to Mary and Joseph. Probably just a couple of teenagers who hardly had any money to themselves whatsoever. They didn't have a whole lot of prospects and they lived in a crummy town And yet, despite all their youth and uh, despite the fact that they were probably just adolescents, you get the sense from the scriptures that despite all that, they were pretty devout. They were pretty pious people who cared deeply about their faith. And we know that because they went through all the rituals and obligations of the Jewish religion in which they were raised. And part of that is because they had learned from a very young age that a big part of their faith was waiting on God. It was waiting for God to unfold 
his plan of redemption. And so even Mary and Joseph, from a very young age, were trained to wait for God, to look forward to his rescue that would come. And that's why Mary is just overwhelmed when she is visited by Gabriel, when, when she is told by the angel that she is conceived and that son would mean that the wait was over. It's why she sings out of her heart, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. You see, for Mary and Joseph, their faith was all about waiting, but now that wait was over. God was coming for them. God was coming for all those who had learned by faith to wait for him. But I think our passage also shows us something else that's surprising. It shows us that God comes to those who wait for him, but it also shows us that God comes to those who didn't even know they were supposed to be waiting. He comes to those who didn't even know that they were supposed to be waiting. Because in our passage, it shows us that, that God comes to Mary and Joseph who are devout and pious, but they're not the only people that God visits in this passage. Because we read about the shepherds and this powerful event that happened to the shepherds. But when you think about the job of shepherds in the ancient world, it wasn't a very glamorous job. It wasn't a job that everybody wanted. Shepherds were often marginalized uh, in their society. People didn't think very much about them. They had a very dirty job, probably something that Mike Rowe would have covered in that old show, Dirty Jobs. He would have liked to have done a story about these ancient shepherds. They were dirty. They would spend an extended amount of time outside. They would sleep underneath the stars. And even what we know is that because of the nature of their job, they would be largely excluded from the society that was around them. And they would even be largely excluded from the worship and the rituals of the temple. They were not welcome there because they were considered unclean. And so because of all those factors, most shepherds in the ancient world were not considered to be paragons of the faith. They were not a bunch of people that were praying and waiting earnestly for the Savior to come. That was for other people that were more religious and were more pious. And yet as the shepherds are sitting out in their fields in the middle of the night, God shows up. God interrupts their story. He shows up on the scene of their lives. Verse 13, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. I can imagine for the shepherds, their mouths must have been on the ground. Their minds must have been amazed and awestruck, and their hearts had to be full at what they had just witnessed. And as a result of it all, they needed to find Jesus. And so they dropped everything to find the very thing that the angels were speaking about. You see, what I love about this passage is that God comes to the religious. He comes to those who by faith had learned to wait for him but God also comes to those people who don't even know they were supposed to be waiting for him. 
Now, as you're here this evening, either watching us in uh, person or watching us on the live stream, I don't know which camp you fall in amongst our story. But know this, that no matter where you are, God comes for you. He comes for you. Maybe you are pregnant with expectation, or maybe you are simply blissfully unaware of all of it. The good news about the gospel is that there are no preconditions to the good news of God. Either way, God comes to you. He was born to Mary and Joseph. He lived a righteous life, healing the sick, gathering disciples, teaching about the kingdom of God. He was crucified. He was buried. He rose three days later from the grave. He ascended to the heavens and is seated there now, and he will come again. He promises us that. But know this, friends, that Christmas tells us that he has come for you. He offers you forgiveness of sins. He offers you everlasting life. He has come to fix everything that has gone wrong in this world and everything that has gone wrong in your story and in your life. He has come to make you whole again. Let's pray.